I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. I'm Crystal Sunshine. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And And you're you're listening listening to Rad Rad Child Child Podcast. Podcast. So uh, this week, our topic is gender, which is a rather large topic. Um, so it was it was kind of interesting to narrow it down to one book, as I know uh, we sometimes have trouble with because there's so many great books, which is a good thing. Um, I'm excited that there were that there were a lot of books to choose from for this topic in particular. The one that I picked is Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. And that is uh, by Brooke Peasant Wedby and it's illustrated by Naomi Bardoff. Um, and it's actually by one of my favorite publishers, Jessica Kingsley. Um, they do a lot of great work around things like gender disability, um, uh, all just like all the kinds of topics that we talk about. They specifically also have a lot of books about autism. I think, um, I don't know if they start or they were founded with that in mind but i know that they particularly do um do a lot of books about kids with autism um but anyway uh so i really like this it's a little more um, of a a didactic book where it's sort of like this is gender what is gender um as opposed to a narrative book but the things that i basically sort of just goes through um it's very interactive which i like and it sort of starts off with uh, you know, you're the one who knows your body best. Um, it starts off with things that kids are hearing, like, you know, when babies are born, people say, is it a boy or a girl? So instead of saying, like, that's wrong and terrible, it starts off by starting with something that they've heard before, um, which I think is, you know, an easy, uh, sort of an easy way to talk to kids by talking about things that they know. Um, and so it sort of goes through terminology, which I like. It's very, it's very simple. I actually use it for adults sometimes, to be honest with you. Recently, the the mother of the twins that I nanny was writing an article, uh, or, re- or excuse me, she was reading an article for class about, she's in nursing school, and it was about like how to be more inclusive of, um, of LGBTQIA folks. And she was confused about the differences between some of the terminology. And we literally sat down and read this book together, me, her, and the twins. Because it's like really simple, simple enough that um, I think kids can, like it uses terminology like cisgender or like there's a page where it has like all different words that people use to to identify Mm -hmm. as like trans, gender, queer, non-binary, gender fluid. There were even words on this page that I had never heard of as a trans person, um, which I thought was kind of cool. It's always fun to like learn stuff. Um, and in the back, there's this really cool, um, interactive wheel. That's like, what kind of body do I have versus how I identify versus what my expression is. Um, and I think that's a really fun tool for kids. Uh, and I mean, as well as adults, to be honest, but that's sort of what I like about this book is that I've actually used it with adults before. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, it depends on the person, right? Someone who's not going to feel like offended that you're reading them a children's book, um, but I think it really kind of simply explains everything in a kind of a no-nonsense way. And the illustrations are really diverse, which I love. Um, there's a grown-up, a guide for grown-ups in the back, which I always love. Um, really, to be honest, my only room to grow for this book is that it's um, not an Owen Voices book in the sense that it's written by a book person would be as a white woman, cisgender woman. Um, so at who I believe has some... Uh, gender creative children just three kids who are mm-hmm. gender creative um that i'm aware of from what i've read um but that so that's sort of my only room to grow for this book is i wish you know again it's like we say this a lot where it's like it's great it's a great resource but at the end of the day it's still um you know that that book that space was taken up that could have been given to you know maybe somebody of that experience to write about that experience mm-hmm. but overall right. i really like it i think it's a really great tool so can I hop in for a moment? Yeah. Huh. Because I think that there might be a really great segue to talk about the book that I chose, um, who the author Maya Gonzalez. So mm-hmm. I, I chose the gender wheel, a story about bodies and gender for everybody by Maya Gonzalez, who is a queer woman of color in the Bay area who's mm-hmm. married to a trans person. Um, and, did has developed a curriculum all about teaching gender in schools and for children um, and mm. has accused Brooke Pesson Wedby of plagiarism. Um, 
with Mm -hmm. her book, Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. And we had initially actually featured Who Are You in Shift Book Box um, before we had Mm -hmm. kind of come into that information. And I do appreciate the content in this book. And then after getting my hands on the gender wheel, kind of opened it and was like, oh, yeah, like this book is so intersectional and it really names like there it it made me aware of oh like there is this kind of like whitewashing straight washing kind of perspective that who are you seems to be coming from um and also kind Mm -hmm. of represents whether there's like direct active plagiarism or not because i think the books are really really different um and it's like who who gets to be the voice for who's writing this history, who's educating other people on what this story is about and from what lens. And do we want like somebody who's not like from within and of queer community to be educating straight people on queer terminology. And, um, but beyond that, like, I think it's like a story also about access, like who, who got to the editor, who got the, publisher you know Maya Gonzalez like mm-hmm. and her husband like have a publishing company that's an independent press that they developed like in order to create a funnel for her books mm-hmm. I think and um I don't know Rebecca and I were talking about this the other day and just about how you know Brooke Pess and Wesby has something to add to this topic but also maybe specifically knows like the certain codes in the world or is positioned because of her privilege in a way where like her book is the one that's listed and recommended and that we even recommended at some point um, because it was what we came into like understanding of. And I, I think that's a huge problem. Well, I think that's also what gets tricky because I think a lot of people coming from a place of privilege want to use their privilege for good and are saying, I have access to these things and how can I use that privilege to, you know, if I'm the one who's going to get a book published, I want it to be a book about this. But on the other hand, I think that, um, like, how can we frame that in a way that's using that's using the privilege that we have to bolster the voices of those folks instead. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. But I do think it often is well-intentioned. Yeah. I think you're right. Right. And as a, as a cis white woman that resonates really strongly, like we, Crystal and I have had conversations about, about that exact kind of process and how, how to use one's privilege and positionality in a responsible way. Um, Personally, I do think there is room for both books, um, but I absolutely think that any discussion in which um, who are you comes up, the gender wheel Mm -hmm. should absolutely also be coming up, if not taking kind of center stage. It is an own voices book. I don't know that I... I, what, like one is it an own voices book well maybe because Maya Gonzalez's experience of gender I was just thinking that she doesn't identify as a trans person but the thing that feels difficult for me about that conversation is that and like whether or not there is or should be room for who are you in context of um the gender wheel and like this talk about like which book like should we use to talk about gender is that in what I read of Maya Gonzalez's um, accusation of Brooke Pess and Wedby is that she actually attended a workshop or a presentation that Maya Gonzalez gave that's specific about this curriculum that she's developed. And so my kind of issue is that, all right, well now Maya Gonzalez has this really rich book and also resources on her website and um, resources for curriculum and has really developed this whole rich, saturated, expansive, intersectional, queer, person of color lens um, through which like this whole kind of program and curriculum could be perpetuated and put out into the world. And because Brooke Pess and Wesby is, um, you know, a aristocratic white woman for 
you know, however you want to say that. And because she like attended this workshop, it's, it seems like unfair that then Brooke Pass and Wedby's book would get to be the book that yeah. then is like put into classrooms because they think it really is whether the content is directly stealing from Maya Gonzalez or not. It's clear idea. that it's like, it's yeah. like she, you know, and Maya Gonzalez's book is really complex and there's like, she actually mentions and gets into like colonialism and oh, wow. there's like t- in a very brief way, but it's very rich. It's very complicated in some parts, which is like maybe a little bit problematic in some regard, but it's also like, it's very queer. It's very like very intersectional. It's very like coming from like naming like the ancestors, naming like the like colonization, naming like the history and really pulling all of those things in. Whereas, who are you like really like straight washes, whitewashes the whole thing into this thing that is palatable in this way that it feels a little bit like, Oh, like, so that the palatable thing that kind of erases all of that information is yeah. now the thing that gets put into programs because people can stomach it, even though it doesn't really get into explaining, like you could read who are you and you could even look at that, the wheel in the back and it doesn't really explain to me in the same way as the gender wheel that Maya Gonzalez illustrates like Mm -hmm. the intersection between like feeling and physical body and identity in the same way oh right the use of the wheel is radically different between the two books um and I think I think in a way, exactly as Crystal's articulating, one is kind of um, whitewashing and really not not paying homage to kind of this intersectional history. Um, I, I, I think in Brooke Pess and Wedby's book, the wheel is simply kind of like a chore wheel where you line things up that apply to you. Like this week, I'm doing the sweeping in preschool and next week I'm doing the wiping down of the tables in preschool. Um, whereas the wheel in the gender wheel is all about the circle, the intersect, the, you know, the, um, what are those called? The circles that the concentric circles and that every, everyone falls on a position on the circle. And then opposite that position is this other opposite position. So the wheel itself is not about kind of this category and then that category and then that category. Um, It really is about the wheel, the circle. Um, And so, yeah, so uh, Maya Gonzalez is using the idea of the wheel in a very different way and one that is much richer and kind of more applicable to actually thinking about circles and spirals and concentricness and intersecting um, circles. So like what I too appreciate about, I, we haven't talked a lot about the content in this book, like as we're talking about this, um, relationship to who are you, but let me take a second and kind of go into that if that's okay. Yeah, please. Um, that Rebecca just kind of explained like the, the basis of it. So it's based on, um, this wheel, which is kind of informed from, uh, you know, the Fibonacci sequence and also um, her Mexican heritage. She talks about like the Mayan calendar and mm. kind of in, not in the context of the book, but in the back she names. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is about, you know, informed from circles and spirals and the Fibonacci sequence and the golden spiral and fractals in nature and, um, and her heritage. And so there's this really kind of spiritual and earth-based and magical kind of nature to where she's pulling that iconography and symbolism from. And then, which which I mean, and not to be pejorative, but like, as opposed to the the wheel in who are you, which to me feels like something that I made on Microsoft word or like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I don't know how to say that in like a non pejorative way, because I don't mean it. Like, I think that symbol is, also good in a right. lot of ways, um, and it, and I think that we're using them right. for different things. Um, exactly, the Brooke Pess and Wedby wheel is not truly a wheel; it is a tool yes. to show how how you can choose one from column A, one from column B, yes. one from column C, and they can mm-hmm. line up differently. So, what I really appreciate about so 
also, I might start with like room to grow in this book, which is that it's very, very dense. And in mm-hmm. reading it, yeah, I can see just from looking at the page, it almost feels <laughs> to me like I've reread it a few times because I read it with my son who's seven mm-hmm. and he was like, mama, this book is so long. <laughs> wow. And, that's seven. Yeah, and, and so I took some time and read it alone a few times and was like, Oh, like this book is, I think the adult should read it and reread it and, and look at the layers and really get it and then maybe read it in parts to a kid. Yeah. I really appreciate. So like in the very beginning, it starts and names like colonialism and is like, and names like, where did this, you know, acknowledges that like this binary, this like people came 500 years ago to North America from Europe with really specific beliefs that like created boxes for people and that are rigid and that like people took these beliefs on and like, this is what we're dealing with now. And I think that's really important to name. Like, why do we have this system that we had? And then she kind of goes into um, talking about that belief system a little bit and just talking about like boy and girl and what people believe about that now and then talks about makes this kind of connection between nature and the earth and how like the cycles and systems in nature are such that like the stability of nature is actually reliant upon the idea that there's this ever expanding wheel and that like when something of diversity with diversity like enters that system that like the circle expands and it room for it and there's actually room for every kind of body and every kind of person and that makes the world stronger um which is so beautiful i love that and then she kind of slowly engages us with this idea of the bot like a body circle um which and she starts with intersex people which i think is really important too because that's such a even in like Mm. I mean, in the world generally, but in terms of children's books, it's not something that's discussed that often. And in Who Are You, it's named, and like the intersex word is named, but it's not really explained. Um, and she takes a lot of time kind of explaining, like, what does intersex mean? Um, and, then, and then goes on to, like, what does gender mean? Um, as part from that and then goes and explains like, what does cisgender mean? What does transgender mean? Um, and then she talks about pronouns. And I think that those are all really important aspects. Um, and I think that's also why the book is a little confusing um, because it, and it makes us consider like, okay, like, in this discussion about gender identity, I think oftentimes it gets really um, simplified into this idea that we're only talking about gender creative people and transgender people. And that when you look at the whole picture, like we're also talking about intersex people. We're also talking about pronouns, which may or may not have to do with like a specific gender experience. And like all of that is both really simple, but also really convoluted. And I think this book is asking us to become informed about that so that we can better kind of explain that to our children. And it feels like more work than other books that I've seen. But that also feels important because I feel like this, I think the gift of this book, like when I read this first, like I like almost started crying was like, oh, like, like this Mm. is like a window like she, this is like a gift. Like she took queer, gender queer, trans, intersex, like queer community specific information, which feels very like something that's protected for lots of reasons. And she put this in a book that's like available to everyone, which I think is like risky and like also a huge gift. Yeah. The first time Rebecca and I were talking about this book, she noted the, the regular version, there's quite a lot of nudity in it. <laughs> and then, like, doing some research, I found this school edition, which is essentially the same exact thing. With a little less nudity. Um, but the bodies, the bodies in the wheel are clothed. Gotcha. 
which takes like a subject matter that's already very provocative and probably problematic in lots of institutions and with a lot of parents and just like takes it down a little notch. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that, that you have the the closed or unclosed option. Because because there's already like I can see if you're reading that book in a school setting with the clothes on, there's already going to be right potential you know things you mm-hmm. know barriers that you're going to have to deal with with parents and administration about getting that kind of curriculum in a school period. And if there's mm-hmm. no clothes on it, that's one more hurdle. Um, you know, and it's like we got to yeah. choose our we got to pick our battles. <laughs> So I just wanted to take a moment and say you can go to genderwheel.com and Maya Gonzalez has developed a whole curriculum with several levels, educational tools, some of which you can download for free. You can make your own gender wheel and she offers trainings. You can schedule her to do a training. There's many, many other resources, videos, tips for teachers, tips for parents, like pronoun rules and protocols, downloads for kids, downloads for grownups. There's this really comprehensive resources on her website. And I just want to like hold it up and shout it out because I think that um, it's really brilliant. Right. And we are featuring Maya Gonzalez's The Gender Wheel coming to you later this in our um, in our gender spectrum shift book box. And then and, you know, we mentioned, too, like, we actually featured, last time we did that box, we did feature Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. I have kind of strong feelings about, I, w- I want to say there's room for both, too, and agree with Rebecca about that. But I feel personally, like, a little embarrassed that we didn't catch that. It feels sticky if, you know, I mean, and the... the- the problem is that we're never going to know the whole truth of what happened, right? Like, if if the truth is that, right, like, Vesta Webby went to, you know, her her thing, got the idea, and then ran off and wrote a book, like, that would be, you know, problematic. But, like, we're, you know, we don't know. We have no idea. And so I think that's what makes it hard. But for me, just looking at both books without sort of the – well, not, like, the, taking it away from the, you know, the controversy or the backstory of that. But I think that they just are two very different books, really. It doesn't feel to me that they're the same book. I think that one is for an older crowd. I think it has a lot more um, in it. And I think, I think Pesan Webby's mm-hmm. book is a little more simplified. And it seems to be almost like about, like, where they look like the gender wheels are two completely different things. Like, like Rebecca was saying, like they're to be used in different ways. You know, I think there are other books out there and it's important to um, know these things about the books. Mm-hmm. And even if you're still actively making the decision to read it and like, you know, it's like, it's important. And even having those discussions with your kids, you can do that. Or it's amazing. You can like say things with your mouth. Mm-hmm. I forget that sometimes when I'm reading books that I can say things that aren't written down. <laughs> oh my gosh or even I mean we were talking about right. this uh, in, in an episode where we were saying like even when you're watching a show or you're reading a book where you can like take a beat and say like hey like I noticed that this is happening in this book what do you think about that or I noticed that this is happening in the show and I think we can do the same thing when we're talking about like you know it's interesting like I'm noticing that you know here's the author the, the picture of the author in the back and like this, part, mm. this person looks very different than the people depicted in their book or whatever like can open up those conversations. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. Helping, helping children to start to think critically about the media that they're consuming. Um, That's often one of the prompts that we include in our discussion guides. Like let's now, now that we've thought about this, let's take a look at the other things we read, the other things we watch and see what the way that, that different Mm -hmm. communities and different people are represented in, in those things. Right. And I think that, um, to go back to Seth, what you brought up about about using your platform um, to do good work and to try to do something responsibly, is there room for a book that will be more palatable to an audience that otherwise just simply would not take the time to try to understand these ideas? Is it a first step? Is it is it something? Your crystals absolutely doesn't agree at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that there's an unfortunate truth in the fact that sometimes something has to come from the majority group itself in order for the majority group to accept it, which is I like just cannot advocate for that. That's I like don't, I don't like, like it. 
that there is like uh, I feel like that's trying to justify and congratulate the like a white colonialist perspective that says like oh like a white straight person has to come in first and put this in a way that's like yeah. simplified like I reject that I don't like if that's true then we have like more work to do like like we should be getting bigger and louder and saying no like we need to make bigger space and more space for these other voices that should be centered first fuck that <laughs> can I say that on your podcast <laughs> can I, yes can I swear <laughs> Yes, you I, may. <laughs> I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, I guess I'm still grappling. I'm, I'm just trying to think about how, how one book might be the bridge to the cent- the place where the other is centered. But I get, but I guess maybe that defeats defeats the concept. Maybe that's that's incompatible. I think when I was talking about, um, you know, the idea of like, I think a lot of people need to hear. Like, they won't listen to it unless it's from someone from their own community. I'm not saying that's right. Of course not. I'm not saying I agree with it or think that it's okay. I'm just saying that I think that's what happens a lot of times. Um, And I don't think that that's a reason to continue to give those people platforms over marginalized communities. Um, But I think that, you know, the sad truth of it is that sometimes, like, like I think that, you know, I'm thinking about Caitlyn Jenner and how nobody, you know, that was when trans became like a household word for a lot of people because someone that a lot of people grew up with who was a white rich person all of a sudden had a platform about it. You know what I mean? And I I think that that's just what happens sometimes. And like, I don't know how to. Even that though, like, like, right. Like I remember that happening and it it causing a lot of it's, it's that double edge that's like, okay, like, is it a good thing that Caitlyn Jenner, like, brought transgender into, like, our lexicon in this larger way? Or does it create more problems for transgender people because she also did it in this very um, reinforcing a binary kind of way and reinforcing ideas of beauty and reinforcing, like, yeah. all of these things that, like people in the greater queer community and like trans people that I have known and loved, like, like are working to actively reject. But like, it's very, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Assimilative, you know, but then I don't know what, what is that? Like, is right, that good? Right. Like now transgender is a household name and like it, it's open doors for us to have some of those larger conversations, which is also true. Well, anyway, do, do you want to go ahead and talk about your book? Now that we've talked for like, <laughs> feels like forever. Sure. <laughs> I know. Let's say Sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'll, I'll say in a kind of a flip way where we were saving the best for last, but I don't actually, I don't mean to actually compare the three <laughs> books that we've covered today. Um, okay. Um, the book that I'm going to be talking about is called It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. And it was written by Teresa Thorne and illustrated by Noah Gringney. And it was published in 2019 by Henry Holt and Company. Um, and this book, was Kirkus Reviews Best Book of 2019. It made that list. It made the School Library Journal's Best Book of 2019 list. Um, it So it's been getting some critical acclaim. Um, and so the author, Teresa Thorne, is actually the co-host of a parenting humor podcast called One Bad oh, Mother. Yeah. Um, and she also co-authored a book called You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her first book for children. And um, the impetus for writing this book is because she has a gender creative or gender nonconforming, um, I see the term in different articles, um, child. Um, And so I'll just quote something that she said in um, uh, an article that she did or an interview that she and her partner did with Slate. Um, So she's referring to her, her daughter. She started asking again, why do girls have vaginas and boys have penises, which is something we talked about when she was younger. This time I just mentioned, well, not all girls have vaginas and boys have penises. And she said, I'm a girl with a penis. 
So then I took her shopping for some clothes she liked, and she changed over pretty quickly and chose the name Grace soon after that. So that's how she describes um, her uh, the experience of um, her daughter Grace and um, kind of the way that she um, handled kind of her evolution as a parent of mm-hmm. a gender creative child um, and uh, and also being kind of a, a cisgender white woman kind of who who likes kind of to think about parenting and talk about parenting and writing about write about parenting um, and kind of the evolution of that experience and then the evolution of creating this book. And the illustrator, um, Noah Grinkney, is a non-binary transgender illustrator, writer, and organizer. Um, and this is their uh, first picture book. And I have to say that the first thing that jumps out at me about this book um, it are the illustrations. I think that they are absolutely fantastic. Um Noah uses this palette of teals and mauves with like these pops of color. Um, There's a ton of representation in this book Um, just throughout. uh, There's kind of no discussion in the text about, um, about necessarily representation about like, um, you know, ability and um, kind of uh, relationships that seem to be. It's also like, I feel like as a queer person, like I look at this book and I'm like, oh, I know, I know that person. Like, <laughs> oh, like, it's right. like there's this, there's this person with like pink hair on one page who has like a kid on their shoulders. And I'm like, I've seen that person. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So it's just really, it's just really beautifully done. The way that I kind of described it, I said, um, the art is rich and saturated with strong, warm lines, lots of curves that fold the reader into comfortable, happy mm. scenes, um, which is kind of exactly what, what, Crystal, what you're talking about, where the um, where this is not a problem story in any way. This is not like a special topics book. This is just a very happy, inclusive, um, representative book. Uh, and so the story it's, it's kind of a blend of informational and narrative. Like there's not a strong narrative arc. It's more about like a description of a family and friends. Um, so, so I'll just kind of read the first few pages. The text is very simple. This is Ruthie. Um, she's a transgender girl. That means when, every, when she was born, everyone thought she was a boy until she grew a little older, old enough to tell everyone that she's actually a girl. Girl is Ruthie's gender identity. So there's like a description of, um, of kind of uh, process and evolution over time. And then there's also kind of these little definitions provided. Um, and so the just descriptions of different members of the family and what I like the way in... Um, uh, Seth, you mentioned in the Pessim would be um, kind of that list of different terms that are used for gender identity. Um, in this book, there's little moments like there's someone wearing a hijab. So that, yeah, it's just a beautiful book. Um, uh, there are so many different ways to be a boy or a girl, too many to fit in a book. So like rather than list things out, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like they're just too many to even like talk about, um, but not everyone feels like either a boy or a girl. And then kind of moving on to the next kind of set of definitions by, by just by introducing us to different characters. Um, uh, you know, like one character who is both a boy and a girl, one character who's neither a boy nor a girl. Um, they just feel like themselves. Uh, so it's just, uh, the text is very simple. It, explains things in a very kind of clear way and the the story the images are just very very inviting yeah so there there's some helpful terms to know so there's a, a kind of a reiteration uh, i totally take back the back matter comment that i just made i think i was so obsessed with that kind of the illustrations the first time around that i kind of paused at the end of the story and was just like ah but no no if you flip past that you find some helpful terms to know a note about pronouns some helpful resources the, the terminology for me is also what was missing from the Pessim Wedby book, from Who Are You? I wish that there was a, a glossary of terms um, because it does have this lovely list of all these words. And like I was saying, there was one word that I didn't even know and I had to go Google it. Like that would have 
been a fun, you know, yeah. if you're, especially if you're using new terminology, not to say that like maybe the goal of reading that page is to learn all those words, but it's always, of course, when you have, when that's sort of one of the, the goals of the book is we're learning new or introducing new words. I think it's really nice um, that this book has that it feels good to be yourself has the terminology. Exactly. Like a, a more expansive definition I for like, the, for the, yeah. maybe the adult reader. Um, yeah, well, and that way the adult, if the kid is asking something and the adult doesn't know, they, we could just quickly flip right. it back and there's your answer. Which is like, I like, yeah, I, I almost even would say that like having words like that and then not defining them is a little bit othering. Yeah. To say like, like we're going to put these words down and then like not actually tell you about these people. Mm. Whereas like Rebecca, I really liked when you introduced this book that you're talking about, um, and like there is like a word, a definition, and then an example, yes. kind of, which is like so helpful for because it's like these three layers that like allow us to really like in several different ways conceptualize like who that person right. is or whether or not we identify with being right. that kind of person. Yeah. And um, and then there's also I think it, it's helpful that there's an author's note, an illustrator's note that kind of talks about their unique like they're distinct and respective kind of own voices mm. perspectives I, um, on not, and maybe we can't necessarily say that Teresa Thorne is having an own voices. Um, she and Pe- Brooke Pess and Webby are kind of in a similar boat in terms of being a parent of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, just talking about that story um, and then also uh, Noah Gringy discussing their, um, I was 14 when it came out as trans and I'm lucky to have parents who listened and stood up, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, um, talking about their experience growing up in Georgia. Um, uh, so yeah, this book just really does a beautiful job, watercolor images. Um, I, I just can't say enough good things about it. Um, one thing that I really, that I really liked also was there's, there's a part where they're saying, uh, I'll just read it for lack of paraphrasing it. But when, when people, when people guess wrong, it's okay to let them know. Ruthie was five when she told her parents and you see Ruthie saying, you know, I know you really think I'm a boy, but I really feel like a girl. Oops. Ruthie was a girl all along. They just didn't know at first. And then on the next page, it says when people guess right, it's also okay to let them know. Xavier was three and a half when he told his family, I'm a boy. I feel like a boy. Yes, I love. I'm a boy. I like being a boy. I I actually that (laughs) the oops, the oops, uh, Ruthie was a girl all along. Like I actually I highlighted that and put it into my little like um, my little document where I talk, you know, do my little planning because I thought that was such a um, it's exactly the way that I would talk about that with my child, like, like matter of fact, acknowledging the error, like, oop, but like also like not shaming, you know, like, mm-hmm. oops. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I mean, the, just talking about representation and kind of like uh, inclusiveness mm-hmm. and messaging, like in this book where there's this, the family um, house, like the dad, there's a, I guess you would say like multiracial family. The dad is holding a broom. Like who yeah. is dad like, has the apron on with like kiss the cook with little hearts on it and pink oven mitts. Like, yeah. Yeah. They just, it's, it's just, um, Noah absolutely nailed the illustrations. I think yeah. that, I think that, uh, Teresa Thorne did a beautiful job with the language, making it very accessible to people where they, wherever they are in like their learning. Um, Do you have any so this is just a great book. Do I? <laughs> oh, should, should I stop just waxing poetic about this book? Um, you know what? Like, I don't. Did I write down a single room to grow about this book? Wow. I didn't. My room to grow is blank. I do not have a room to grow for this That's book. Amazing. I think it just. Um, I mean, of course, we could say like, um, no, no. I mean, because it, it really is an own voices book. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think I have a room to grow. I think this book is exceptional and I think everyone should buy it. Yeah, it's really, it's really gorgeous. And it is really a good, what I like about it, like you were saying, is that it is, 
a really good combination of a narrative and uh, a little bit of a, you know, informational, like didactic kind of book, mm-hmm. um, which is nice because then there are characters you can say, oh, look, that's Alex, you know, whatever. I see Alex in this page. She's over, you know, they're over here or whatever. Um, it's, I think it's a little easier to connect with stories for kids when they do have that narrative um, a little bit. Totally. So. I mean, and of course, different kids are into different kinds of books. Um, I have a friend whose daughter is obsessed with just reading mm. like nonfiction books. Right. Like, she'll just right. Say, read them all day. She's like six and she loves, you know, <laughs> um, she loves just reading like, uh, what do you call it? The, the ones that we were talking about the other day, like the where did I come from kind of books. She's like obsessed with those books. It's so funny. She's like bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Th- this is for the parent of the child that wants yes. to read nonfiction of the d- all day, but the parent is so tired of having the child point to something. <laughs> and have to say like it's the, uh, let me read that caption and that caption and that oh caption just gives a little <laughs> more of a narrative and there's a oh i was just gonna say there's a baby like Aww. in this amazing pram wearing this like little bunny costume, bunny costume. sucking on this little pacifier with this with its eyes closed and oh i just God. like want to be that baby um have you ever seen <laughs> there was like a meme going around this is an old meme but it was like it was like when you know when I'm a parent, I'm gonna dress my kid up in costumes all the time, and so that way when someone says is it a boy or a girl, I could be like, no, it's a dinosaur. Duh. <laughs> That's what that made me think. It's of. a bunny. <laughs> it's a bunny, obviously. That's me. My children are bunnies. Hey, before before we finish up this conversation, there's one more book that I wanted. It was like my mention book, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah. UBU, the Kids Guide to Gender, Sexuality, and Family, mm-hmm. um, and okay. that is by Jonathan Bramfman, who actually was on. Uh, the gender episode of the podcast, which we'll have aired right before this, um, who's just a lovely human, um, and that was and it was illustrated by Julie Ben Benbast Benbasat. I'm gonna pronounce that name wrong. Sorry, um, <laughs> but it's really it's like a it's for older kids. It has you know a little bit. It's a little bit wordier, but it's really really nice. Um, because it basically goes through like the first page, just like getting started. People have lots of funny ideas about being boys and girls. Um, like maybe you've heard that everyone has to be a boy or a girl, and that every girl will grow up to every boy that will grow up to be a man, and every and will fall in love with a woman, and then every girl will grow up to be a woman and fall in love with a man. Maybe you've heard that everyone who falls in love has to get married. So it starts off with sort of these like myths, and then goes like into, deconstructing like, yeah. every book we talked about last time. <laughs> yes, and then it's like. Well, surprise, these ideas aren't true. And that's great news. <laughs> so, Do I see naked um, bodies so, there too? Yeah. And then it goes into like the sexes mm-hmm. um, and it talks about what sex means, talks about intersex. Um, and there actually is represent, there actually is a visual representation of what inside oh, of an intersex cool. body could look like. Um, What's that? This is called UBU? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's so it talks about the difference between sex, gender, gender identity, um, but it also it also has a lot of really great uh, inclusion of things. But basically, the cha- some of the chapters are having kids. Disc- it even goes into things like discrimination, privilege, intersectionality, being awesome. an ally. Um, it's a really uh-huh. awesome book for yeah. I would say maybe like seven and up or an advanced younger kid. Um, it could be a book that you read uh-huh. to kids. Uh, but I would say for reading alone, maybe like seven and up. But yeah, it's a really, really great book um, that just talks about a lot of awesome stuff and the differences between those things. It sort of breaks down those norms. And so I just wanted to quickly mention it because I think it's a really it's awesome. A really good and that's also Jessica Kingsley, my fave. Yeah, Jessica Kingsley does a nice job. They published. Yeah, they you have a, a room stuff. to grow. Oh, um, that's a good. That's a good question. Do I? I wish. I, I wish it was longer. I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess what I would say is I would, I don't know. It's hard because I, I guess I wish there was a version of this book for younger mm-hmm. kids too. Like that would be really cool. Um, sort of like how we were talking about with the gender wheel mm-hmm. where it's just like kind of wordy and it's hard to like sit through. It's not really, I don't know that it's meant to be a book that you sit through and read, but I think it would be cool mm-hmm. if there was a picture book version of this book. Um, because it has a lot of really good content in it. But like personally for me, I'm always working with younger mm-hmm. kids, so I don't have the opportunity to really read books like that. So my younger kids, you know, they'll, they'll crawl away. They're not interested. <laughs> um, I have one more book to mention too. Can I really yeah, fast? Sure. Okay. So this is another shift book box pick. 
yes. called They Call Me Mixed. And yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce the Spanish version. I'm so sorry. They Call Me Mixed. Me llaman. Me llaman Maestre. Maestre. So very sorry. Um, written in English and Spanish by Lourdes Rivas and edited in Spanish by Alicia Arellano, illustrated by Brina Nunez. So sorry if I pronounced anyone's name incorrectly. Um, This book is self-published and written by a kindergarten non-binary teacher who was relevant. And they wrote it in order to kind of explain to their kindergartners what non-binary means. So it's autobiographical. Um, and it's really, it's very simple. It's very kind of, um, cute illustrations. It talks about very simply, like it would be one of those books that you could read to a young child and it's like, Oh, have you ever noticed how everything's put in two categories, boy and girl? And, mm-hmm. and just quickly mentions like, Oh, well for um, people who are non-binary, like that makes things difficult. And um, yeah. because this teacher goes by that. mix instead of Mr. or Miss as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really, just, it's very simple. It talks, you know, sometimes there's that, have you seen that movie, but I'm a cheerleader Yes. where when she discovers she's a lesbian, she goes to like the gay men's house and she's like, can you teach me how to be a lesbian? Because there's <laughs> this like this misconception that there's like one way to be like a certain kind of identity and i think so this book has like this two-page spread of like here's the things we do with my friends and it's just like like famous people do normal things too and it's like oh non-binary people like are just like us us. us. we barbecue we We barbecue (laughs) we go to parties like we care about black lives matter um i love that and then there's like and then it's very yeah it celebrates like trans and non-binary and the end is kind of like being transgender is free. Being transgender is fearless. Being transgender is beautiful. So there's this like really nice Aww. rhythm um, and just mm. uh, beauty to it. I think my room to grow to it would be Rebecca and I have like talked about whether or not the, it still has the like blue illustration lines under the drawing, the like under drawing that I would like oh, normally maybe be edited out. And we're not really sure if it was a choice or an accident. It's a, it doesn't feel super problematic, but I think the illustrations could use right. um, cleaning up. It would be nice up. if it would, had more color to it and the production yeah. quality was like. Mm, yeah, I noticed it's a, a lot of black bit, and white. Um, I, and, like if we had a publishing company, I would be like, we want to publish this book. And like, um, can you, like, yeah, we want Brina Nunez to pump, like, up pump up the illustrations and the line quality, just in the way that it was printed, I think. Um, but it's a beautiful book. Yeah. But again, it's like, right. When that's the pickiest thing you could have about a book, you know, it's good. Right. When the worst thing you could say, right. is like, I wish the illustrations were a little bit better. I think this right. would be like a great book to have in a classroom too, where the teacher could really, really simply introduce the yeah. concept of non-binary without getting into a whole lot more. I love that. Right. And it, yeah, it's one of the, I think we, we either we read either someone else noticed it or we noticed that there's really the only one of the only books that when it was published that really, again, is not a problem story mm-hmm. that features a non-binary Yay. character. So I can't remember. Is polka dot is polka dot a problem story? Which one's polka dot? Oh, that's that's the only that was like one of the first ones with a non-binary character. Let me find the full name of that. Meet Polka Dot, a book about a non-binary transgender child. Yeah. But that one I don't I read it once. But looks like it might also have been a self. I, I don't know. Book. I know I've seen it in bookstores. It doesn't mean it wasn't self-published because it could be consignment in bookstores. That's just the only one that comes to mind because I remember mm-hmm. when I first made my list of uh, LGBTQIA kids book years ago, that was the only one in that category of non-binary. Right. It was like one of the yeah. first. 
I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm embarrassed to say I'm not. I'm not familiar with this title. I do like the the quality of the art on the cover is lovely. Um, it looks like it's out of print, so that is another. Maybe I should say that was currently in print because we would we yeah. are not able to feature books that are not in print in our boxes, unfortunately. But that one, I honestly um, I don't know too much about other than I just know it was one of the first. Oh, no, it binary. looks like it is kind of an own. Vo- an own voices book. Um, wow. Yeah. Thank you for the, thank you for yeah, the record to find this. Yeah. yeah it's really it cool. has this like vintage quality yeah. to it. Yeah. There it's really cool. I flipped through it once and don't remember finding anything particularly problematic in it, but that's as much as right. a review as I can give. Well, <laughs> then I guess we say track it down in your, in your public library folks. And yeah, and for sure. Get um, your hands on this book too. So, oh, oh, I do, before, before we say goodbye, um, I, I meant to mention this, um, I guess one room to grow about it feels good to be yourself by Teresa Thorne and illustrated by Noah Grigney is that we talked about the, the very robust back matter where there's a lot of information, but in the, in the, some helpful resources, books for kids, they do list Brooke Pess and Wedby's book. They do list Julian is a mermaid. They do not list the gender wheel. I so Maya Gonzalez never, is still flying under the I radar with these books. of the gender wheel before you guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that is something. Problem. And I'm someone who is right. deeply in this world of yeah. children's books and in this, of this, I mean, I'm a trans person who likes children's books and I've never heard about this. Right. About Which is like, yeah. So well, that means us too. we like published a whole shift book. And box we, and sir, I mean, we did but, our due, yeah. we felt like we did our due diligence at that time. Really? I mean, it's our, it's our, our mission every month to find the best books and two that complement each other, but to find really the most beautiful, most um, representative own voices books that help folks access these themes and these topics. And we, it flew right under our radar as well last year. And like, I, we are in the Bay area. I am queer. I like just tried to connect with her on Facebook and was like, Oh, we share a bunch of Facebook friends. <laughs> like, right. How did we miss this? Like, right. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it's tough when there are good books out there and they're not getting the, um, what's the word I'm looking for platform yeah the platform the publicity publicity yes it's tough when there are good uh picture book subscription boxes out there (laughs) and great great podcasts out there that just need more audience more folks and how to how to do that work um is kind of the the um cracking that code you know yeah for sure Mm-hmm. All right, and on that note, thank you guys so much for joining me again. Thank it's you been for a pleasure having us. Yes, always. this is always such a delight, Seth. Thank you for putting this together. Of course, thanks for being here. Because otherwise, it would be just a lot of me talking to myself. It'd be weird. <laughs> I would listen. <laughs> me and my bunnies. <laughs> I would definitely listen. Yeah.